Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, I think we're recording. Are we recording? We are recording. All right, it's going. Good, good. Now, uh, we're going to talk about Otis today, and a lot of you are thinking like, oh, good, I want to hear about Otis, and a lot of you are like, who the hell is Otis? And we're <laughs> going to get to that. <laughs> and and it's like, but, but the first note I have on the quick things to cover as we start this podcast is that I've, I'm wearing a new headset, and Sean thinks that the that my microphone kind of is is lame, and um, and I'm here. All right, adjusted it a little bit. I don't know if that makes it better, but uh, there'll be a thread on Permies about this podcast, and I will appreciate it if anybody could give feedback on the quality of this headset. Um, my old headset um, died, which was a wonderful, beautiful, fabulous headset. It was so great, and um, it's uh, it was actually the second one, but they they keep breaking, and it's like that's not the way I want to play it. So hopefully this one, I, I was hoping that this one was really good. And oh man, I don't want to be a guy who shops for headsets. I just want to get on with my life. Uh, so uh, first off, I want to for this particular podcast, um, we had uh, several barriers kind of gumming up the works, um, and uh, a uh, one was that I had uh, some some ear problems. I've, I've for 15, 18 years I've been fighting outer ear infections, and they really kind of gave me a kick this last uh, 10, 14 days or so. Um, but on top of that, um, uh, you know, there was all kinds of weird stuff happening at Patreon. But there was one guy who stepped in and like made Patreon amazing. And so here we are. I think we're going to get these podcasts really going again because of uh, the people supporting on Patreon and especially one guy who is uh, effectively anonymous. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, he, he, he said that he want me, wants me to read his name as Dr. Hugh Gill Culture. <laughs> You're saying that's not a real name? <laughs> Pretend that it is. How cool is that? Gil's a real name. So now, uh, uh, well, that's true. Same that's with true. you. So, sure, 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 sure. And uh, you know, I, I think I can see where the name is going with that. And, uh, <laughs> and in fact, uh, he did make a request for a particular flavor of podcast, and I hope to get to that. Uh, it's it's a good warmer season podcast, and I'll, I'll hope to get to that in a few months. Um, another Patreon supporter is somebody, and it's like, how do you want your name to to be on the podcast? And, and uh, uh, Suleiman, Carrie, and Sasquatch. And I hope I pronounced uh, uh, the the first two names correctly. Sasquatch. Oh yeah, yeah, I know about Sasquatch. Um, uh, for a long time, my brother would only refer to me as Sasquatch. <laughs> And and whenever I would try to talk to him about anything, then he would say, "Did you just say Ooga Booga?" <laughs> like apparently that's what Sasquatch says. Um, 
But anyway, uh, uh, so thanks, thanks to the Patreon supporters. You guys are really fueling, uh, this stuff. So, uh, uh, the Kickstarter, uh, by the time people hear this podcast, cause we take a few days to process it and make a good description and then we put it up, uh, uh, early for the Patreon peeps and then we release it to the general public. Uh, but so by the time the general public hears this, the Kickstarter should be going. Um, first of all, the, on the, on the front of the book, uh, we've had feedback from authors and it has been magnificent. Uh, uh, I, we've, we've had some really good suggestions for some small items to tweak and, uh, we've, we've made those things. And, uh, for, um, and I, I think by the time you hear this, we'll probably have the book pretty much nailed down. So all the people whom, who got a, a preview copy, um, you know, uh, I think we're done with, with accepting suggestions. It's, you gotta stop at some point and, and, uh, start going down the, the publishing road. And so I'm hoping that during the podcast, we will simultaneously have the book out for editing and, uh, that kind of thing. During the Kickstarter. Yeah, during, I hope. I mean, it depends on, because. You said, uh, you said during the podcast. Oh, during the Kickstarter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, during the Kickstarter. And of course, that's depending on whether or not it gets funded. If the Kickstarter, so it's like, okay, we're about to do the Kickstarter. There's so many different ways it can go. One of them is it doesn't get funded at all. And, and yesterday I went and I looked at, uh, books on Kickstarter and there, it looks like either most books either don't get funded at all or they get funded very, very little. Um, and, and I'm kind of like, so both of those scenarios are freaking me out because this is my first foray into books. And one of the things I've learned so far is that when you get all done, that your, your two paths are you either went into the red or you barely broke even. J.K. Rowling gets to make money. <laughs> she gets all of it. It all gets sent to her. So um, anyway, the, the the key is is that your book has to just do super great. And and I'm sorry. At the same time, with with all of the stuff about not funded at all and barely funded, um, which I think might be worse. Barely funded might actually be worse than than not funded. Um, but, but then I still like, I'm, I'm kind of having these fantasies of like, and it sold a hundred million copies. And it's like, I'm all goofy in my head. So it's like, uh, um, I'm nervous. I'm excited. I, I think I'm going to puke. Um, and, and Sean, I know that you feel the same way. Yeah. All the feelings. Absolutely. Yeah. What's going to happen <laughs> with this? I mean, wouldn't it be cool if it was a hundred million copies? Um, I'm sure it won't be. I, I, I think that probably the, the Kickstarter that's done the best of all time is probably, probably had like 10,000 supporters, which is a lot less than a hundred million. But, um, you know, hey, maybe it could happen. <laughs> could be. <laughs> I, I I, I do think that on the original pass of the book, we were thinking like maybe a thousand people would, would read it. And then we got to thinking like we could polish it and polish it and polish it. And now personally, I'm kind of hopeful that rather than a, like by putting in all this extra work, maybe 10 times, maybe even a hundred times more people will read it. Right. Um, 
I so, mean, I know I'm I'm pretty biased, but I think the book is far better than it was before we put in all this polish. Well, I agree with your analysis. I I mean, it's way better than it than it originally was. We have certainly, I mean, there's been like a lot of times we're working on a chapter and it's like, wow. I'm glad we took the time to work on this because I think the chapter is now 10 times better than what it originally was. Yeah. And, um, and at the same time, it's shorter. Yeah. Um, so we've really condensed. And that's been a lot of the feedback we've got is like, wow, you've really packed a lot of information into a few pages. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and I think that's going to be what makes this book especially delicious. I have not yet heard from anybody that they couldn't put it down. Um, uh, which is like, I wish I could hear that, like from everybody. Oh, I couldn't put it down. It was so good. So, we had some pretty, we had some pretty positive response though from people. Yes. Who read it yes. in a very short amount of time. That's true. We have had a lot of people where it's like, okay, here's your copy. And then we get the feedback in like 24 hours. So that, that kind of smells a lot like couldn't put it down. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, the video is done. I think the video, the video for the Kickstarter looks great. Wow. I think it's a very fun video. I think it turned out really, maybe possibly our best video ever. Yeah. That's what, uh, some other people were saying. I think it's, I think it's a really good one. Uh, I think that the, uh, the primary image, we just finished that up and, um, I noticed that you were so excited about it that you posted it out. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Like, look at the image. Look, isn't this great? But of course, you're you're like uh, more soft spoken than that. You're like, this is the image that we've come up with. I but I know what a, you're thinking. I probably put an exclamation mark there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sean, I've been working with you all day, every day for like a year. <laughs> uh, uh, I. I, I never thought that you were an exclamation point kind of guy. In, inside I am. Inside I am. This I'm, doesn't I'm always make thinking, way outside. I think every exclamation point in the book I put in there. Is there a single exclamation point that you've put into the book? Yes. I put in the <laughs> I think okay. you just thought that you put them in. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, my bad. But, Posted that out there. So if you want to see it, I've made it public. <laughs> but I think a, a big part of the image that's pretty cool. Although uh, you know, there's a we put there's an apple, and on the top part of the apple it says luxuriant environmentalism, which um, I think we have like half an hour put into trying to find a way to make that shorter. But then underneath that is a picture, is an image of a of a couch. And and somebody today, I, I noticed that somebody said, oh, I thought it was a chair. So I immediately wrote to Tracy and said, we need to make the couch bigger. People are thinking it's a chair. <laughs> Which, you know, gets most of the point across too, but fair enough. The flavor of luxuriant flavor. that we're talking about. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I'm part, I, I have a small part of me that thinks that the book should be renamed to uh, luxuriant environmentalism. But um, no, I think our current title is is actually better than that. Yeah, so stick with it. Plus, plus the cover is already done, and after months of arguing over the cover, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go through that again. Yeah, when the Kickstarter is ready, uh, we will announce it on the dailyish, um, and of course, 
you know, apparently there's a thing on Kickstarter where you can watch a person on Kickstarter. So people will be able to watch me. So I guess those people will get notifications before the daily-ish. But we'll we'll put an announcement out on the daily-ish um, immediately. And, and, in fact, on the day before we do it on the daily-ish, we will announce, uh, like, the time. And I think um, it will be like, okay, tomorrow at 2 in the afternoon, it's going out. And, and if we can get, like, I think we have to hit a number of, like, um, 500 or something like that, like, in the, in the, like, within hours, in order for Kickstarter to be like, oh, yeah, let's move this up and put it on things so more people see it. So I'm really hoping that a lot of people come out in the first few hours and Great. throw in even a, a dollar. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to stop talking about that now because today we're talking about PEP1 and that's the Otis Otis thing. Uh, on the topic of PEP1, we've been um, uh, defining more and more and more of PEP1. I think we've got uh, more than half of the badges listed out at Permis. Yeah. And there's, um, uh, I'm looking at the numbers here, there's got to be several dozen BBs that are defined. Yeah. Um, and, and not only are there BB pages that are created and uh, but there's been a bunch of different people that have completed the BBs. So they went and said, okay, this BB says to carve a wooden spoon. And it says in order to do that, you got to provide three pictures of these three different phases of carving the wooden spoon. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so then people are like, here's my pictures of me carving a wooden spoon. I think the first one was from Nicole and, and her wooden spoon had blood on it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, so note to everybody, if you're going to carve a wooden spoon for the first time, wear gloves. Uh, that's, that's what I did when I carved mine. And, um, and there's, uh, uh, one of my leather gloves has quite a nick in it. But, uh, oh yeah, before we keep going, do you want to just quickly explain what BBs are in case people uh, forget? Oh, okay. A badge bit. So, um, I think that for, uh, roundwood woodworking, the roundwood working sand badge, the easiest badge, um, for roundwood woodworking. I think that there are five BBs. I'm not sure, but I think there's five. Um, and so one of the BBs is to carve a wooden spoon. Yeah. And another one is, is to make a club style mallet. Another one is to make a compound style mallet. Another one is to make a, uh, three log bench. Um, and I can't remember what the last bit is. Is it coat hooks? Was that the other one? It might be. And in fact, today I just moved my little tiny coat hooks out onto the rocket mass heater to dry because they kind of had a little bit of a bend to them. And so that it's the, it's the one coat hook thing where it's like, uh, you, you get a, a, a branch with a crook in it. And then one side ends up being flat and the other side sticks out. So you end up making a coat hook without joining wood at all. And so <clears throat> I did that, but there, the, it kept wanting to turn into a, uh, like, like, uh, like rather than the back being flat, it wanted to kind of kink into more of a Mercedes symbol. <laughs> And, and it's like, no, 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 that's like the, the two of the pieces should be straight, like, 
It, like, like it's one contiguous stick with one little stick sticking out of it. And, uh, instead it wants to kind of reshape itself. So what I did was, is I, uh, took a two by four and a couple of clamps and I clamped to the two by four because it's green wood. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, no problem. And then I set it aside to dry. And now I've got it sitting up on top of the, uh, the rocket mass heater, letting it get nice and warm. Um, and, uh, that way, uh, it, it should be done today, I think. But, cool. oh, and the other one is, is, uh, uh, dry pegs and green wood. So like, uh, what we did was, is we made a, uh, a coat rack. So we took a, a piece of green wood about two and a half feet long and then we put holes in it and then we put dry pegs in it. And then as the green wood shrinks, it holds on to the dry pegs. So you don't need any glue. You don't need any fasteners, anything like that. Um, and so uh, we brought those into the house to warm up a bit because let the green wood dry. And now those are also on the rocket mass heater right now, getting, nice. getting good and dry. They look beautiful, all of them. But I think that's all of the things. So if you complete each of those BBs, and I think I just listed off, what, maybe six BBs, yeah. then you would get the sand badge for round wood woodworking. <clears throat> and, and, uh, uh, so these are, in fact, all of these things are things that we're going to be doing at the PEP1 gathering in May. And I really hope that pod people come to that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, first of all, when I sit with a group of pod people, it is a delicious thing. I, most of the time I find myself like people come here or I, you know, whatever the circumstance is, and they have not listened to any of the podcasts. And so then basically they want to tell me how everything I think and say is bullshit. Whereas the pod people, you know, have listened to all of this justification for my crazy. And so then, of course, if they made it through more than a uh, hundred podcasts or whatever, I don't seem as crazy. So then we can have a conversation about real stuff and it's just, so delicious. Um, <clears throat> the rest of my life seems like suffering compared to the time that I'm sitting down with a bunch of pod people. So I really hope that the pod people come out for this um, and and make this happen. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the people that have been helping with creating BBs. Um, and not only that, but Nicole Alderman has not only created a bunch of BBs, but she's also made all these really cool looking badges so then when you complete a badge, then the badge will appear under your name at Permies. Um, and I think that the badges look great. So you've seen the badges, right? Yeah. I When we started this, I was like, badges? I don't know about that. I don't know how they're going to look. And then I saw Nicole's badges. I was like, that is awesome. I want one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Big shout out to Nicole. That's, they're great. It's, yeah, it's really nice, really nice. Um, and then uh, Mike J and Mike J and Steve Thorne have made a ton of BBs. Uh, Dave Burton has made some. I've made a few, and Raven made one. Um, and so it's like, wow, this is really starting to come together, and this is this is huge. I think I think this is going to change a lot of stuff 
for a lot of people. I think that this is going to be enormous. I believe, and, and I, granted, I am, I am one arrogant motherfucker, but, um, I, I, I believe, despite whether it's true or not, <laughs> I believe, I believe, I believe that five years from now, there will be more people attempting to get PEP1 certified, which is a two-week thing, uh, or they can do it on their own, on their own schedule. I believe there will be more people attempting to get PEP1 certified than there will be people taking PDZ. I believe that. I don't know if it's true, but I get to believe whatever I want to believe. And uh, I'm excited. I'm so excited about PEP1. I think yeah. that this is just massive. And, and in fact, one might ask, why would they want to do that? And that's the topic of our podcast today. Yep. The Otis test. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> I had so many people talking about this and so many people asking me questions about details and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I finally wrote this document. Um, and, and it was actually while I was, um, uh, working with, uh, Julia Winter on, uh, on some of the pep stuff. And we were like pair programming. And, uh, and it's like, I said, I need a name for a guy, for a fictitious guy. And, uh, so I came up with Otis. And, and Julia and I came up with Otis. I should give Julia credit. Julia and I came up with Otis together. And, um, and, and so, but he's gonna be our, uh, puppet for for this concept, and so um, and this is going to be one of those podcasts where I read the stuff that I wrote, which is probably better than me rambling, uh, <laughs> and and then we will stop every couple of paragraphs or whatever to comment on stuff. So so Sean, are you ready to make comments on the things I'm about to say? That's cool. <clears throat> Otis is a man that I made up. He is actually an average of several dozen people that I have talked to. Otis was born in one of two houses on this 200-acre property. And so this is a fictitious 200-acre property. Uh, he was born on in the old house. Otis built the newer house himself about 40 years ago. He inherited the property from his mother about 35 years ago. Otis has three kids. They moved away more than 40 years ago. They are not interested in working this land. They are, however, very interested in inheriting the land and selling it. Otis knows his time is coming. Otis wishes that he could will his land to somebody industrious, somebody that would do something with the land. Otis knows of some people, but they already have land. So they would just sell this property. No different than his kids. Otis has the 200 acres, two houses, a good barn, and a dozen outbuildings. He has a reliable tractor, a reliable truck, and about $80,000 in the bank. He had to let the animals go because he couldn't really care for them properly anymore. He has put a lot of thought into willing his land to somebody industrious. He doesn't trust college kids. What have they done? What have they built? Even the kids with an ag degree. 
The high school kids he has met in the area seem to be developing a deep relationship with phones and video games. He can't remember the last time he has even seen a high school or college-age kid put up a cord of wood. By the way, that's a BB. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, put up half a cord of wood is a BB for a sand badge. Uh, And it's half a face cord, actually. Yeah, I was going to say. A sixth of a cord cord of wood. Okay. Uh, There are some kids in the local 4-H, but they seem barely able to pull off their 4-H functions. None of them could manage a full property. Otis is willing to will all of his possessions to somebody truly industrious. Somebody where there is some way to really know that they are industrious. But he's giving up. Just let Everything go to his kids. His life will be sold to the highest bidder so his kids can have money. All right. First of all, I do not want 400 people emailing me to say that, that they are an Otis and, you know, do I have somebody? Because I've already been through this way too many times. <laughs> <clears throat> if you're, if you believe you are an Otis and you believe that this is true, Please go to the thread about Otis, uh, thread number 101848. By the way, in a recent podcast, I said uh, uh, we'd hit a million uh, threads, and it turns out that we'd actually hit 100,000. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, it looks like a million when you see a one with a whole bunch of zeros after it, which is, you know, but it turned out there was only five zeros, not six. And And somebody was saying, we hit a million threads, we hit a million threads, and I – didn't double check their math until more recently. And it's like, Oh, we didn't hit a million. We hit a hundred thousand. So we have a hundred thousand different threads, but yeah, thread number one, one, eight, four, eight. So if you type permies.com slash T slash one, Oh, one, eight, four, eight, it'll take you to the Otis thread. Yeah. And you can reply to that thread and you can say, I'm an Otis. But of course, if you do that, be prepared for messages. You might get some people that are like, I don't know, swindlers or something. I don't know. Um, contacting you and saying, I'm industrious. Give it to me. Um, which brings us to the next part of what I wrote. Uh, yeah. I was on the phone with Mike Ayler, author of several books, including the $50 and up underground house book. He knows this time is coming soon. He's asking me for the name of anybody that could be even slightly industrious. About 50 years ago, Mike bought 45 acres in the panhandle of Idaho, just a few hours away from me. During his time on the property, he had lent a helping hand to a woman with a property adjacent to his. When she died, she left her seven acres, house, cars, and everything to Mike. Mike's property now has about eight of his specialty design structures on it. Uh, so that would include the $50 house, the um, uh, the greenhouse, the, the, the specialty greenhouse, uh, and including his latest effort, the Ridgetop house. Mike's book, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, excuse me while I drink a little water. I should say, <clears throat> while I drink water, Sean will hum to you gently. Uh, Mike's book business is doing uh, pretty good, and he has two more books ready to roll. Mike would like to will everything, including the book business, 
to one industrious person. He wants them to come out and prove their industrious for a few industriousness for a few months. Over the decades, there have been about 60 people that have come to Mike's place with the idea of building something rather permanent to be part, uh, to be a long time or permanent part of Mike's empire. They are all gone. Mike has told me a lot of the stories. True comedy. Some ended up leaving because Mike would not do what they told Mike to do. And some because Mike ran them off. I, I really believe that the core of intentional community, if you're going to share a space with somebody, <clears throat> the first thing you have to do is embrace. This is, I'm going off on a side tangent here. The first thing you have to do is to embrace that it is within you and within everybody to say, obey or else. And, and it's like, uh, and I think, I think permies.com does a great job of training people like that's not cool. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, but a lot of people come to permies.com and their first post is obey or else. And, and they're like, I'm going to tell you what to think and what to say and whatever. And you have to do as I say or else. And, um, and I kind of feel like the intent and intentional community is, is, uh, the first step is, is, is to say, okay, I want community more than the need to say that. And, and you have to own your shit and own that that's something that's in you. And then the other part of it, the second half is I know that other people are going to do that to me in this community. And, um, and I know that that is, that is the primary destructive force of any community. And so I know that I need to try to sort that out when others do it. And I need to prevent myself from doing it. And, and that's the core of community, really. I think, I think that that might even, might even possibly be 80% of the battle in making community last. If you could just sort out that one thing. Yeah. But, I mean, all right. It's one of the hardest things to sort out. But anyways, let's, yeah, we can get back to the. Does this, I'm looking at my new microphone, um, or my new, my new headset, and it's like, uh, um, I'm going to make coffee sounds. Just give me a second. That? That is not as good as it was. What? So did you hear me cough? Oh, you coughed. See, no, I, I, tried, I hit the mute button on here. It oh, worked. Cool. And then I, 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 I coughed and it's like, oh, I feel so much better. And I didn't cough in everybody's ear. What a, what a wonderful thing. I thought you said coffee sounds. I was like, you're going to grind yourself a cup while you're sitting there recording this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm for, for some reason today, I'm, I'm, uh, um, I've got something in my throat or whatever. So. Okay, Mike has told me the stories, a uh, true comedy. Uh, some ended up leaving because Mike would not do what they told Mike to do, and some pe some because Mike ran them off. My favorite story is the woman with the knife that was there for all of one day, running off with the cook after sexing up all the workers and threatening them with the knife. And the next day, everybody decided that they needed to get away from such a potential threat. 
So I got it. That's, that's like a whole podcast in itself to just try and relay this story that Mike told me. And it's like I was talking to him like two days later. And he's like, everybody's gone. Everything was going so good. We had like, uh, it sounded like they had like three people there helping Mike, a cook and two workers. And then this new woman showed up and apparently in the night, the woman like, uh, had sex with one guy, then went and like held a knife to the throat of another guy. So she could have sex with him. I believe that's referred to as rape. And then later in the night, like, uh, charmed the cook. And by morning, the cook and, and this other woman had left. And, and the cook left a note saying, I fell in love and I'm gone. In the meantime, one guy is like, I had the craziest night. I had sex with that woman that just showed up. And the other guy is like, she held a knife to my throat. And so then they're kind of like, if there's people with knives coming and being all knifey and stuff, these two guys are like, we got to go. This place is not safe. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. It's the kind of story that, like, it sounds so absurd that you can't make it up. <laughs> So, so, uh, um, and that's, that's the kind of drama that can come with this. But, but anyway, I, I feel like, uh, it's, that's one of the reasons why I like what we do here where we've got a gapper fee. We try, everybody's got to pay a hundred bucks. And so I kind of feel like the woman with the knife would never pay a hundred bucks to come here. And so I feel like we've got, a powerful filter for a lot of that kind of drama. Um, and, and so, all right. <clears throat> Mike has stories. And so it's like getting, getting, uh, getting back to this thing I wrote. All right. So back to our conversation. Uh, this is probably the eighth time that Mike and I had this conversation. Each time he thinks that if he could just say it to me in a louder and more angry voice, that this time he will get somebody. As is, I did share Mike's message with a lot of potential folks. One fellow from my place uh, went up to Mike's and stayed about two months before Mike died. And so that was Groundhog Day of 2016. Especially fitting that it's Groundhog Day for a dude that is so into digging. Yeah. And of course, you know, his, his book is the underground house and, and uh, groundhogs live underground. Um, the last will made it so that everything went to Mike's niece. Uh, she sold the property and is trying to keep on selling Mike's books. Uh, I haven't heard a peep about the last two books. So I guess they're still unpublished. Reading, uh, Reading between the lines a bit, maybe two months in the winter wasn't enough time for Mike to be impressed by this guy at his place, uh, at least impressed enough to change his will before he died. So um, anyway, the, the thing is, is that Mike's story of, of basically being an Otis yeah. is is one real story. And I've heard... Tons of them. <clears throat> and then uh, a few years ago, I was at a speaking gig 
uh, and Joel Southen was their speaker, and Joel and I spoke a lot, and we shared a lot of stories. Um, and uh, uh, at the time, I think Joel was working on a book, which I know I saw it come out, and I didn't buy a copy, and I haven't read it. Maybe I should do one of those podcast reviews of reading it and putting it into the into the podcast. Like Which one opinion. is that? Is that Fields of Farmers? Um, maybe. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but, the one but where he talks about like the succession and all that. And he was talking to him about cantankerous old farmers. I think that was yeah, his. I, I read that one. Oh, you read it? Yeah. Is it basically talking about the Otis factor? Very much so. Yeah, it's a great yeah. book. Yeah. Okay, so so uh, at the time he was writing it, when I was visiting with him, and he said he gets about 200 letters per year, like like with stamps and stuff. I'm sure we all remember stamps. <laughs> it, you don't have to lick them anymore. Well, I mean, you can if you want, but that would probably actually make the stamp not work. <laughs> Who knows what toxic gick is on that? Yeah. Ugh. Don't lick it. Don't do it. Okay. Uh, a funny thing about licking stamps: Jocelyn cannot lick the old licky kind of stamps because uh, she's got that. She's got one of those uh, wheat intolerances, and apparently the glue they used contains. Oh, contains. And so she gets sick whenever she licks a stamp. So she's got this thing that kind of wets the stamp. Oh yeah, those things also speed up the process, and then you don't have to like worry about patriot cuts on your tongue too. <laughs> which is always a bit of a fear of mine. All right, I want you to tell me more about Joel's book. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. It was great. Um, I read it. It was a while back, so I don't remember all of it, but or I don't remember a lot of it. But he talked about he talked a lot about this this thing where I can't remember the numbers, but like a huge portion of farmland in the United States is like owned by people who are quite old, who are Otis's. And it's like, who is going to inherit this farmland? Who's going to farm the farms? And so he, he talked a lot about two sides of it. One side was from the Otis side of it. So he talked about if you're Otis, how can you look for someone? How can you, um, bring someone into the fold who might be able to take over your farm. And then he also talks about it from the um, young person's perspective of like, okay, so you got to be respectful to Otis. You can't just be like, oh, you're a dumb old man. You got to be. Um, he, so he goes into both sides of that coin. So yeah. I believe he calls the Otis like the, the cantankerous farmer. That sounds like Joel talk, yeah. <clears throat> and then on the other side, it was like the dreamy youth. That sounds like it could be the case. Yeah. And so, yeah, and he talks about this dreamy youth that doesn't have any experience. Who's like, yeah, I want it right now. And Otis is like, no, like not until you have some experience, son or daughter. Um. Well, I think, I think, so, so basically what I remember from Joel's conversation was exactly the same conclusion that I had come to. And so we both got very excited in talking about this topic. Um, and it was just the two of us. It's not like we were presenting in any way during this time. We're just, it's like over dinner or something. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> uh, 
and and of course the the cantankerous farmer or the Otis. Um, uh, the the position is is that the youth of today is a bunch of fucking losers, and then um, from the dreamy youth, it's it's like uh, yeah, you know, they're full of like you know everything should be free, man. You shouldn't uh, you should 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 you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you should do this, you should do the other thing. Shoulds and shouldn'ts. Yeah, well, and he which, also talks about um, he talks about how. Like, yeah, you might want to do things a certain way, but you, if you want to inherit this land, you might have to do some things in a way that the other person wants them done. Right. You can't just walk in and be like, yeah, this is how it's going to be. Right. So, like, um, uh, I think, and in fact, that's, to me, it's like, that's a, that's a common problem. Like, if you go into an orchard, like a, you know, the, the, um, the dreamy youth goes to the orchard like, oh, this is beautiful. This is like nature and this is like, oh, wow. And, the, and then the, the cantankerous farmer is like, okay, we're going to have to spray this eight times and, uh, this year. And, and the, the dreamy youth is like, what? No, we can't spray. That's a violation of nature. So it's like, it's true that you can do this without spraying, but the first step is is to cut down 90% of the trees. And, of course, neither of these parties are going to be cool with that. And so um, the dreamy youth is going to say, don't spray because of wishful thinking. And yeah. the cantankerous farmer is going to say, you have to spray. There's no other way. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you know, everything gets so infested with bugs that nobody wants to eat it. And so um, – so neither of them are aware of of a solution, and so um, it it ends up not working. And and Joel's whole thing is is like, well, if I just tell them how to make it work, then they can get it to work. And I'm not sure if that has stood the test of time. And that was kind of what I was talking to Joel. That's kind of like, I don't think that that'll work, man. <clears throat> and so then at the at the time, that was the foundations of Pep. In fact. If you look, my original pep stuff was from four or five years ago, and um, and I was getting grooving on it. But it's like I was basically saying, like, you need to be able to prove to Otis that you have accomplished something. You're not just a dreamy youth. Yeah. You're a, a youth that can get shit done and look. And it's like on top of that, we can merge it in with – you know, uh, the modern era, which includes pretty much everybody's got a cell phone that can take pictures or video and yeah. pretty much everybody has access to the internet. Otis has access to the internet. Um, it might take a while to get him to use it, but, uh, he, he has access. I don't know. I think, I mean, we've got a lot of people on Permis. In fact, we've got a lot of people on the Permis staff. In fact, one guy on the Permi staff uh, uh, was like our number one uh, spam hunting guy, uh, John Polk, and and he died uh, a year or two back, and um, and so he, we've got a lot of a lot of old guys, a lot of old women, a lot of old people that are doing this. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's not it's not that weird for old people. I mean, it used to be. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, uh, uh, 
Uh, now, in fact, somebody said uh, something uh, recently. It was uh, somebody who was like in their 20s, and they were told like, "Oh, this is out on Facebook," and it's like, "Facebook is for old people." <laughs> yep. Well, Facebook's this is really off topic. Facebook's number one degra- demographic is middle-aged mothers. <laughs> it is. Take that, Facebook. <laughs> um, Anyways. Yeah. I I just I do not like Facebook. No, um, neither do I. Okay. So um, uh, all right. But let's, let's get back to this. Let's get yeah. back to this. Uh, but I thank you for sharing the bit about the book. Um, I kind of wonder if, uh, in fact, let me just ask you this question real quick. Does it seem like the core of the book is like, hey there, Otis's, um, you're going, you're going to have to meet these guys halfway. Yeah. And then, hey there, dreamy youth, you're going to have to meet these guys halfway. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that, that isn't going to work, but I'm curious to hear if I'm wrong. Like, and maybe, maybe somebody listening to this can comment on the thread about this podcast or on the Otis thread and, 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 you know, refer to the book and then maybe some success stories or maybe some stories of it not working out. Um, uh, but I, I just can't help but think that it's like, I, I think Otis is really not going to compromise. And I think the dreamy youth is not going to compromise. And I actually value their values. Um, and so I think, I think Otis is going to feel like you have to spray that orchard. Have to. There's no other way about it. And I kind of feel like if somebody's completed the PEP4 program and they're there at Otis's place with Otis, then I think that it can say like, okay, here's the thing. If you've got a hundred apple trees all in a bunch, then it's a monocrop. And, and then you, the only way to get that monocrop to work out is to spray. But if I go over to some place that's like, um, uh, you know, 500 feet away and I, I plant a hundred apple trees where it's only 10% and I do a food forest, now there's so much diversity that I don't have to spray anymore. But when you make a monocrop, you're going to have to spray if you want to have, you know. But the other thing is, is that a uh, uh, fascinating thing that Jocelyn has, has told me like 40 times in the last year uh, is that if you have a fruit that is flawed, that apparently – the flawed fruit has like far more nutrition than the perfect fruit. So like that flawed fruit has seen some shit (laughs) and gone through some, and somehow because of what it has gone through has made it so that it has more nutrition. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I am, you know, huh. I, I think it's fascinating. And just because Jocelyn has told it to me several dozen times does not mean that it's necessarily true. True. But yeah, it's, it's worth contemplating. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm, I, but I would, I would much rather eat a perfect fruit than, than eat a flawed fruit. Um, although I think the flawed fruits are awesome 
for applesauce or juice. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's usually what I, I do with those flawed fruits. But, um, but I think that when a PEP4, certified PEP4 person talks to the Otis and says this, I think Otis could be like, all right, all right. Then you go ahead and build that over there and we'll see who's right. Right. You know, and, and it's so like that kind of path. Yeah. I think there'll be some Otises who are not willing to accept that, but that's yeah, true. A lot of people will also be in the space where they say, well, prove it. Yeah. And then you have I a leg think, in the door. But I think another thing is, is that, um, like, like Otis, like, let's say Otis looks at some guy, let's, let's, let's name him Bob for a moment. And so, so Bob has completed PEP4. And so Otis can look and see what Bob has done. He will see pictures of every BB Bob has ever done, in, including building a house and living in it, including growing enough food to feed four people year round. So four million calories of food and preserved a lot of it. And we'll see photos and videos of all of the stuff that Bob has done. And so <clears throat> I think, I think that Otis will, um, while, while Otis will still think the Otis way is the best way, um, I think Otis will, you know, part of, part of what the, the Bob package is, is it's like, okay, you know, uh, this is, you know, 50 years after the Otis way. A lot has changed in 50 years. And so it's like, you know, this is, this is a, a, a better way. Now, of course, hey there, Otis, um, you've been spraying for 50 years and, um, I imagine that you're thinking like that's the only way and that's, that's understandable. Um, and so then here are techniques that have been developed to produce great fruit without spraying. Um, and now, now, and then the part of it is, is like, let's speak the language of Otis. And it's like, why spend $4,000 a year on sprays? Not to mention all that work. If you could do it without giving your money to those guys. Yeah. Now yeah. Otis is like, all right, I want to, I want to see if this can be done. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, that's, that's the language of Otis. And so now, now, you know, Otis is triple impressed as opposed to, um, dreamy youth, you know, dreamy, dreamy youth wants to have an orchard that's not sprayed and have it perfect and has no idea how to accomplish that. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, uh, and I think, and so that's why I think that by inserting PEP4, like if Dreamy Youth shows up and does PEP4 and comes out the other end, they will know how. Now, uh, Dreamy, Dreamy Youth has moved, uh, way down the path that Dreamy Youth wants to move down. And so Dreamy Youth still has the same values and ideals and standards. Yeah. But now things can work out with Otis, whereas before they could not. Otis is, is not going to do a, a four year long or three year long thing to get people. 
So, but I kind of feel like what's going to happen here is that uh, somebody can do PEP4, and they can do it on their own. They don't have to come here. And then, and then it's like they can do PEP4, and it's like, okay, now you've done PEP4 instead of going to college. Now, in theory, if you go to college, then you're going to go be able to go out and get a job. Now, I think in that theory. most of the what's that? In theory. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, it's like uh, there's a lot of people that are graduating and they can't seem to get jobs, um, even flipping burgers. And so it's, it's kind of like, uh, all right, that's, and that's the other thing is, is that, you know, if you really want to, if you really want to do something on the land, now I understand that Oregon State University has a lot of permaculture stuff in their program. And I've heard something about like the University of Massachusetts, something in Massachusetts has a lot of permaculture stuff in their program. Um, but um, I, I kind of, I'm not sure if it would satisfy Otis. Yeah. And so, plus on top of that, I kind of, I kind of feel like, I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a, on a minor tangent. And that is that if you're going to choose between taking a PDC and taking a PEP one program, a PDC is a lot of classroom time and a PEP one program is like, okay, you're going to carve a wooden spoon, you're going to carve a mallet, you're going to cook some food, you're going to preserve some food, you're going to use this older food dehydrator, you're going to, you know, do, you're going to do some knitting. I've, I've learned to knit recently. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you're going to do some sewing, you're going to do, I mean, there's a, there's a list of, you're going to complete 16 badges, and each badge has, um, three to, uh, eight BBs. So you're going to complete this list of stuff, and now you're PEP1 certified, uh, just like being PDC certified. So I don't know. I think I think more people will want to do take the two-week PEP1 course than take a two-week PDC course, I think. But I'm not certain of that. I think that in time that's possible because people – yeah, people – like I've taken a PDC, you've taken a PDC. They're great, but it's oh, yeah. a, it's a lot at once, and it's all conceptual. And conceptual is important, but yes. so is practical. Yeah. And I think there is a lot more people who are going to be like, "Oh, I would like to sit down and carve a spoon, and in a few hours at most, I'm going to have a spoon," as opposed to like, "Great, now I read or I took this PDC." And now I have all these ideas. Now what do I do with these ideas? I do think it's important to have that knowledge. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think uh, personally, I think that this is the kind of thing I would like to see people eventually do both. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing is, is once you've completed PEP 1, it's a stepping stone to PEP 2, which is a stepping stone to PEP 3, which is a stepping stone to PEP 4. Yeah. And when you've completed PEP 4, then it's possible that you'll inherit Otis's land, which let's say has a value of a half a million dollars and uh, comes with, um, well, I, in fact, probably even more than that, but which that comes with <clears throat> vehicles, tractors, et cetera, and money. Um, so there's, in, you know, one could almost say there's a cash prize at the end of this. Um, or you could go spend $100,000 and get a piece of paper. 
Right. And then in theory, you can go and get a job and it's like, um, and I, and I think that's fine and that's great. A lot of people, yeah. it's like, uh, I have heard from people that go out and get a degree in biology and then they go get a biology job and working in a lab somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, um, after seven years, I've, I've talked to some people that were working at a lab a biology lab, and they said that they've been working there for like seven years. Some of them have, you know, moved around from job to job or whatever, but, and it's kind of like, oh yeah, in the biology field, you're lucky if you can get 18 to $24,000 a year. Right. Working in this field. So it's like, oh shit. I imagine that most of that money goes to student loan payments and things like that. But, uh, the, the important thing is, is that, um, it's a different path. It's an alternative. Yeah. It's not the path. It's an alternative. Agreed. And and I think that there is something you know beautiful at the end. Um, but all right, let me let me um, <clears throat> let me go back to the document. Yep. This thread is about the Otis test. For a lot of pep stuff, I'm trying to satisfy satisfy many things, and one of those things is, do I think Otis will be impressed? So, um, Sean, I know you've been helping me a lot with writing pet badges, and I know that um, there have been a lot of times where it's like we're talking about something, and part of it is is that in order to get a BB certified, you have to post images, you have to post pictures, maybe some video, whatever. Yeah. And 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 one of the things that we keep talking about is does it pass the Otis test? Although we've talked about it until we came up with the name Otis, we we refer to that the old farmer or something like that. Yeah, I'm glad we have Otis now. Save some words. Yeah. And um and so it's kinda like, you know, okay, that's a thing that you can do or whatever. Some people have suggested that we make a BBB about like watch a movie or read a book or, you know, whatever. And it's kinda like that's take a, take the PDC. Yeah. Um this is this is PAP one which is to, to complement that or other programs. Um, and this is about, you know, what what will Otis be impressed by? And, and every artifact creates a thing, and, and we have pictures of that thing, and we have evidence of that thing. So... Um, uh, so that's... So we've asked ourselves that a lot. There's been a lot of stuff where it's like, you can do this thing, but does it pass the Otis test? And it's like, it doesn't do shit. Now, there have probably been some things that we've added in that we felt was this is – it's not about this being a thing that impresses Otis. It's about the student doing this, so now they have the skills to do the next thing, which gives them to do the – have the skills to do the next thing, which will impress Otis. Yeah. Otis might not be like, oh, you made a crappy mallet. Wow. I want to give you my land now. But it's right. making that crappy mallet that helps you get to the point where you can build bigger and larger and more beautiful things that do impress Otis. Right. Right. So, um, and, and I think, well, all right. All right. I'm going to move along. <clears throat> I can see... Otis getting online, that alone could take some doing, and seeing a list of 12 people that are PEP4 certified and looking for what they will do next. And there's a list of 12 more 
that will probably be PEPFOR certified in the next six months. He needs to see evidence that they have done some real work according to the standards of Otis. For any one person, there is a list of what they have accomplished, and he can see pictures of them doing it and the final product. PEP4 certification means that they built their own house with their own hands and lived in that house through a Montana winter. They have grown and preserved enough food to feed themselves and several others, not just a meal or two, but a full year of food for several others. They have put up firewood, sharpened tools, built furniture. They even have a lot of experience with plumbing, electrical, welding, excavators, and a whole bunch of interesting stuff Otis has never heard of. That stuff must be good because dozens of people appear to have experience with it. Otis needs one person and found two dozen. Success. Mike needed proof of one industrious person. So here there would be proof of two dozen. He could change his will immediately rather than trying a person out for a year or two, which is always what Mike was trying to do. He's like, and then and on top of that, it's like if you're an industrious person, you probably have a job and you're doing, you know, like you've already traveled whatever path it took you to get to the point that you have a job and you have income or whatever. And, and you know, you're you're in that space. And it's like it would not be a simple thing to come out of that and come over and and run Mike's property or or run Otis's property. That's just really not going to happen. And so um, <clears throat> uh, so then if you if and then so then the people that Mike would get are people that might have some experience here and there, but not a lot, not in the things that were important to Mike. So then Mike felt like, okay, you know, I want to train you in what I know. And that's what Otis would do. Otis would say, okay, come over here. I'll show you how to spray all the trees. And I'll show you the schedule. And I'll teach you when it's okay to spray and when it's not okay to spray. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll show you how to put on the suit so that you don't poison yourself when you're poisoning everything else. You know, and so Otis can only teach people in, in what Otis knows. But on top of that, Otis doesn't have enough time to, to really teach somebody all the things. Yeah. And uh, the, same, the same was with Mike. And then, uh, and then what would happen is, is that neither of them are that kind of teacher. They are a, a kind of teacher, but not like they haven't been trained as teachers. And a lot of people kind of like, I need you to teach me the way I want to be taught. Right. And otherwise everything goes to shit. And, um, and so Mike would have people that would come for several months. I think the longest person has ever been with him is a year. And then, um, and then they would have to go for one reason or another. And uh, he also had people that were coming to be there for life. And then they were there for two hours, and then they left. 
Like he has one story of this couple that drove over to his place from the East Coast and the whole time, like, we're going to be there forever. And then they got there and two hours later they drove away. And, um, and it's like, it's, and there's, and it's like, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's like, you know, of, of coming from such a different, different world. And, and it takes, it takes time to get up to speed on this. And it's, it is work. Um, although I'd like to think that with permaculture, the work is, um, you do an upfront investment. So after five years, the work is far less. Than if you do it the Otis way, and so um, I, I think you're investing in your future self. But um, uh, all right, we're, what we're trying to do is bring these two parties together in a way that will work, and in a way that um, uh, also meets the values of the uh, the young, the youth, the dreamy youth. All right. Um, completing PEP4 is no guarantee of getting Otis's plot, but I do promise that there are thousands of Otis's that are looking to will their land to somebody with experience like what is completed in PEP4. I actually worry more about the opposite problem, people not finishing PEP4 because they have been connected to their Otis. I suspect that 10 years from now, there will be 40 Otises for every person actively pursuing PEP4. So uh, I wrote this, and then uh, Travis Johnson, I I, I think that um, – so he said something, and uh, uh, Travis is um, – I, I think uh, Travis is a bit of an Otis himself. And I think uh, he knows a lot of Otis's. And so um, he says, Paul, I respectfully disagree. Uh, there are there are 40 Otis's now to one. And so then I asked him for clarity on that. But I think I think what he's doing is he's saying that he disagrees, and, and that what he's saying is is that um, I'm thinking that 10 years from now there'll be 40 Otis Otis's for everyone. And he's trying to say, no, it's it's now. There's already. Cool. Yeah. Based on the rest of the thing that he wrote, which I'm not going to read, uh, into the podcast. Yeah. But I think what he's basically what he's saying is, is that it's now, it's not 10 years from now, it's right now. And so I think he's basically validating what I'm saying. But, um, uh, and I think that that's going to be 40 Otis's that are aware of this pet program is what I'm trying to say. Right. So 10 years from now, I think that there'll be 40 Otis's aware of the program and wanting PEP4 people for every person that's in the middle of their PEP4 program. And, and so, um, I, therefore, I mean, the one way is that, um, I think that, uh, everybody will have their pick. So if there's like 20 people actively pursuing PEP4 that, you know, when those 20 people are done, They'll have, uh, like a thousand. Is that right? Is my math right? Am I doing this? So if there's 40 times 20 is 800. Yeah. yeah. So there's eight, there'll be 800 roughly. Give or take a few hundred. Um, uh, you know, 
Otis's to choose from. Right. Well, and then someone can say, oh, I live in the, this area and I want to continue to live in this area. Oh, look, there's four Otis's in my area, something like that. Sure. Sure. So, um, all right. That's the thing that I wrote about Otis. Um, uh, um, I want to kind of go back to Joel Salatin's book for just a moment, mm-hmm. which I haven't read and you have. And um, I am, what was, was there anything else besides compromise on both sides? Was he, were there any other suggestions that you can remember about how to make this work? Oh, well, I mean, it was a whole book and I can't remember most of it right now. Yeah. Um, Regurgitate it now. (laughs) I command you. Um, But he did talk a lot about like setting expectations up front and being realistic about things and being willing to say, no, this isn't working. See you later. Um, Remember a, a skit on Saturday Night Live from like, I don't know, a decade or two back. And, and it was called Lowered Expectations. <laughs> it was a dating service. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is funny. Which is kind of what we're doing. It's like a dating service. Every university out there is kind of a little bit like a dating service. And so we're, they're going to certify people as dateable according to the needs of different companies. <laughs> True. I'm going to give this person a certificate of biology. So if you're looking for biology people, we've, we made one for you. Here you go. <laughs> Joel, I think Joel's book really advocates the, the internship idea, but it really advocates like, Hey, you're going to come here, spend some time. I'm going to teach you what I know. You're going to teach me. Um, or like, so Joel obviously has like a number of interns and a number of programs and stuff. So he, like, he gets yeah. the phone calls, right? Where, yeah. like, where we have Otis calling up Joel Salatin and saying, can I have one of your people? And then, you know, sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. So I think in those cases, it's much more like the person is like, I trust Joel Salatin. If Joel Salatin says, Steve over here is good to go, Steve's yeah. good to go. It's not like come here for three years before I decide if this works or not. So. My my understanding is is that Joel allows six interns per year. I think it's eight. Is it is it eight? Okay. And and he gets uh when I was talking about it, he gets four hundred applications per year. Okay. Yeah, in his book he said three hundred. Okay. And and then um they've got a process how to select the eight. And there was somebody when I was at this time when I'm talking to Joel, um there was somebody that had been here to this property and I'm going to, I'm going to leave her name out, try to protect her anonymity. Um, but she was applying. And so I said, she's awesome. And, and so, so Joel, uh, brought her in because they, as part of the process, the people that make it to a certain level get brought in for like, I don't know, a day or two. Yeah. It's like a trial run or something. Right. And so she ended up not making it to the final eight. And, um, so bummer. Um, yeah. anyway, the thing is, is that I'm, and then of course, but the thing is, is once you've completed your nine months, I believe it's nine months with Joel, then it's, it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a parade of people 
wanting to will their land to the graduates. Yeah. Or sometimes even just give it to them right then. Yeah. Like, and I, I've heard of that. I, I had, I mean, uh, I've had probably, I'm trying to think, like, is it four, maybe five different offers? And it's been a while since I've even thought about it. But before I had land, I had like four or five different people saying that they would give me land. Just, just turn the, the, turn the land over to me. Yeah. You know, and I'm, it's, it's like, uh, I, and I had, in fact, um, uh, Mike Ayler wanted to will his land to me. And, and I said, I said, dude, if you did that, I can't manage it. It's, it's three hours away from here. Right. And, and so the, then I'll just end up selling it, which is not what you want. Yeah. So he said, but then I could will it to you and then you could eventually pick somebody. And, and then, and then they could, you know, and, and I, and I said, I, if I had somebody that I liked, I really want them to be part of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Not go away. And I, and so basically, like I, and like I said in this thing that I wrote, we had this conversation like eight times. And, and I, I think the last couple of times I talked to him, he said he was going to kill himself if, you know, whatever. Like, I can't, and then he, he was also talking about how he was going to run for president. <laughs> like president of the United States. That um, would be interesting. And uh um anyway, what a what what a lot of odd conversations. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh uh, uh <sighs> All right. I have great hopes in Pep 4. Yeah, I do too. And and I kind of feel like this is a massive gaping hole that needs to be filled. And, and it's like, this is, I think that this is going to be huge. This is going to be enormous in, in, in so many different ways. Um, and, and this is the, this is the beginning. This is the foundation of it. Um, all right. Anything else we need to add to this podcast? I think it's been a great podcast. I think so too. And if uh, the people listening to this uh, agree, then, of course, you can support me at Patreon, which makes a big difference. And, of course, you can comment to the Otis thread or to the thread that, that holds the podcast. Uh, if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about Otis and Pep, homesteading and permaculture all the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.